Welcome to episode 12 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Lewis from Tacona. Enjoy the show. How's it going? Awesome, man. Yeah, this episode's already fucking car crashing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listeners, just <laughs> just stop. Take yourself no. the on a serious note, please don't stop. Um... <laughs> God, I'm trying to figure out which one said that. You or uh... <laughs> oh, should we start again? No, let's keep going. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, how's things? Good, man. Really good. Really yeah. fucking good. Yeah. What have you been doing with um, Moir this week? Um, this week, uh, I sat ads on. Um, I finally set my ads live again, which is looking pretty promising. Um, I've been designing some new shit um, for like winter and that. Um, today, I have shit behind me. I literally finished and jumped straight onto the podcast. Um, just like stitching in labels and stuff. Like the sewing machine's packed up, so I'm literally having to put labels in by hand. But, oh shit, man! <laughs> no, it's got to be done, though, isn't it? So, yeah. What about you? What you been doing? I heard, I heard a little, little, a little, little. I heard a little something, something that you're releasing a new hoodie. Yeah, it's out now. It's out. it's out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am, um, as usual, I got a bit ahead of myself, so I was just like, I just want to get it out. Um, yeah, so it's up on the site, already done newsletter and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Really enjoyed printing like? it. What's, no? What does it look like? Like shit. I know, I know, but just for our listeners, what does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks really good. I'm, I'm really happy with it. We had, um, the whole reason I did it, um, was a I kind of wanted to do a bit more halftone printing because that's not what I'm trying to push with the print business but I just enjoy doing it and it's kind of like if you're gonna um I guess want to niche in a certain style or a certain area you've kind of got to fucking print those things um and you know I enjoy kind of the exposure process and the artwork process and the printing process with like kind of halftone stuff and that. So mm. I was like, I should probably just do a little bit more of it with downcast and see how it goes. But um, long story short, I had some hoodies left over from our last autumn winter drop. Okay. Um, they just never, they just never got used up, um, but really nice garments. And I was kind of planning on saving them for when we had some hoodies orders in for like clients and that. Yeah, but I was just like, they're already paid for. Might as well use them for the brand. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I did. So there's not a huge amount. There's only like fucking twenty of them or something like that. Um, but yeah, hopefully they they do well. I really like them. I've nabbed yeah. one for myself, obviously. Um, and yeah, yeah. But we uh, we've started up quite a few ads. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to see how it goes. It's all out of the learning phase now. Oh sweet man. Um, yeah, yeah, got out of learning really, really quickly. Yeah, I think um 
Well, I've been doing quite a lot, quite a lot of looking and stuff like that. Because I mean, the other day I was complaining about. Wait, did I even say it on the podcast? I got locked out of Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you said that. Oh. Well, anyway, I I think it was a snaky fucker. So if it isn't, fuck you. But um, yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's I think Facebook has like actually recovered now from all the for, uh, from all the iOS for, uh, fourteen stuff. So yeah, which is really fucking good. Um, yeah. like just shit that I've been watching, shit that I've been reading, or just suggested mm-hmm. booming right now. It so. seems to be going back to how it was before, and it's kind of just trying to jump on that kind of like little wave, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's obviously, you know, I, I think the thing that's going to be different is the, I guess, the type of targeting that you're doing. That's what's yeah. going to have changed. Yeah. Um, because you've had, obviously, so many people opt out. Um, and then once that account is opted out, you essentially can't get it back. Mm. Um, which is a right fucking bitch because it's like a lot of people probably didn't realise they were opting out to that extent Mm. because a lot of people don't mind seeing fucking adverts because they get shown shit that they're probably interested in of course that's how it works but like when you opened up the Facebook app or whatever like or there was the Apple update and it's just like oh the whole like keep um keep less relevant ads and all this blah 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 and everything that's the way they're wording it now to get you to opt in isn't it mm. is like i don't know I, I just don't think it was as kind of black and white as like oh i don't want to see adverts or i do want to see adverts it's kind of like you're like opting out of stuff that is going to actually be targeted at you because you're interested in it yeah you know yeah, and that's yeah. that's obviously what was really fucking frustrating because you know, we lot we lost a lot of custom from it. Like, you know, as did you and, and every fucking other brand out there that was doing ads. Mm. It was like your you kind of reach and your audience just went like, oh, you can't have those anymore. <coughs> well, fucking why? It's like I'm fucking still paying the same amount for the fucking ads, and you're just showing it for to ten thousand less people. How's that fucking work? You know. One thing's for sure is Facebook advertising fees ain't going to come down any soon, are they? So No, they're not. But what I think they will do is I think you'll get more for your buck. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so, because it was fucking dire during the iOS stuff. I know we fucking come on here and just bitch about Facebook and Instagram, but yeah, it's it, it, it does seem to be turning a little bit of a corner. Um, yeah. But, you know, We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll yeah, man. See. It's, uh, I don't think the ads have been up long enough and there's not a big enough budget on it to kind of really gauge how they're doing. But how long right now... Uh, so the first one we did, the, we only launched one ad to begin with rather than a, an ad set. Yeah. Um, and that's been up for about 10 days. Yeah, like you uh, too soon to tell, man. Yeah, well, I mean, ten days to a couple of weeks is I, I usually a, usually a good indicator. I would have said leave it for a month, mate. If you've got, if so you've got, the, the problem is though, mate, is if I leave it for a month and it doesn't fucking work and it's a dog shit ad, then that well, is no, literally but, wasted money. Well, no, of course it is. I mean, if it's dead in the water, then straight away you kind of expect it to pick up on the 30th day. But I mean, if it's showing like signs of promise, then yeah, 
No, no, no. That, that, that's, that's what I mean, though. It's kind of like 10 to 12 days. If it's not showing any promise within that, yeah, fucking sack it off. Yeah, get it off, get it and off. If it is, obviously stick with it. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think what it's transitioned over to now is I think Facebook have put in a lot more emphasis in terms of the ads on the retargeting aspect. Mm. Whereas before it was kind of like, obviously it was an option and it was an option everybody should have used, but it was kind of like you could get away with just doing kind of like your broad campaigns and stuff like that and mm. like not really putting too much into your retargeting. Whereas now it seems like you have to be quite heavily focused on your retargeting. I might, but I might be chatting complete and utter bollocks. Um, but I don't know. But anyway, um, so today we've got Lewis on from Tacona. Yes. So Tacona is somebody I found through Darren. Yeah, he suggested them, didn't he? When he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they do some some really cool shirts. They've got a cool setup um, and a really good message, um, which I think both of us really connect with. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he is he is here. Man. So, let's get him in. Let's get him in. Hello. Yo. Hey, dude. How are we doing? How's it going, oh, mate? Yeah, good. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all good. Um, you hear us, all right? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you fine. Sweet. Perfect. Perfect. What have you been up to? Oh, I'm trying to sort out the subscription plan set up on the website. It's been a pain in the backside. Yeah. Nothing exciting. What's, uh, what's your website on? It's on Shopify. All right. Um, it's just a, a, a plugin to allow um, subscriptions as a payment op option. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been playing up lately, and I didn't realize until one failed, and the guy was like, oh, my, my subscription's failed. How do I redo it? The option's not there anymore. Oh, shit. Is that is that something new you're doing then? No, I've been doing it for a few months. Um, but I hadn't noticed that the option had vanished. So I was like, oh, why right. has this not been really popular? Like I had a few in the first month I tried it. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of tailed off. I was, I was really confused. And it only just kind of had the realisation brought to me that it's because you can't actually select that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody's doing it. handy, isn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my evening trying to figure that out. How about you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all right. We're all right. Yeah, Just, uh, Thank you. Printing today, and uh, yeah, just fucking admin again this week, which is fun. Oh, oh what a blast! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I did some printing today, so for the brand, which is good. Oh, but, great. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. How's your week been? Oh, it's so my day job. I've had to go over to Telford yesterday to set up an exhibition. That's just a it's a long day, um, and then Monday was just catching up on stuff after a very busy weekend. So uh, it's been tiring is probably the best way to describe it. It's a bit. Yeah. I'm a bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> what what um what do you do for your day job? Uh, I do design and marketing for. Um, okay a company that build industrial welding equipment and car body repair equipment and heat induction, just industrial equipment, basically. 
Yeah, so uh, it's where, where um whereabouts are you by the way? Northamptonshire. Okay, cool. Um, so just outside in a, I think it's classed as a village. I, I don't know. It's more of a, a very large housing area that just mm. happens to be near Northampton. Um, yeah, we we've moved around pretty much once a year for the last four years. So. Is that is that where you're from up there then? I'm technically from further north than here, oh, uh, yeah. like Mansfield Way is kind of where I grew up. Um, I'm from Yorkshire. Oh, you're proper north then. <laughs> yeah, I was up um, on the Leeds York border at the Motorist Hub a few okay. weeks back. Yeah, yeah. Because we do a coffees and cars there, so I finally had a chance to go up and actually go to one of my own partnered events. Which is uh, it's nice to have the time to do, yeah. um, and recorded two episodes of the podcast while we we're there, so that was that was good fun. Um, I've awesome. just realised there's something just over my shoulder that keeps popping in and out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a person, is it? No, it's. <laughs> it's got one of those like it's got those like really big hoodies that acts like a blanket, and it's right, yeah, over yeah. her. So her desk is over there. And it's thrown over a chair, but it's just catching the focus for the the camera. So um, camera's just like, who's that? Who's that? Yeah, who's that? thinks it's someone else with me. <laughs> um, I've not got massive traps. It's just picking up something behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Um, so before we kind of jump into it, do you want to tell us who you are, what you do, and what your brand is? Oh, I suppose I should really, shouldn't I? Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I guess to give you your intro, my name is Lewis Warren. Um, I run the Tacona clothing brand and my brand is about cars and mental health is probably the easiest nutshell I can give you. Awesome. I don't know how I, I, I could ramble on and go off on a massive tangent straight off the bat. So I'll, I'll keep it minimal until we get going. Right. We'll get, we'll get to it. Won't we? it'll, it'll all come out. We'll extract the information from you. No, it won't be. You won't have to work hard. <laughs> How come the brand, like, how did you come up with the brand? How was it born? So, kind of selfishly, it started when I was working a corporate sales job. And if I went into a business meeting with a potential customer and it came about that we were both into cars, it just made it easy because I didn't have to focus on the business. Then I could talk about cars and the business stuff would just be, we'll sort that out later. We're, we're car friends, we're now mates. Yeah. Um, so initially I, I kind of had the thought oh if I created like a, a, sh a shirt that had like the golf colours running through it or famous colours from motorsport when I go into a business meeting it will look noticeably motorsport if you know cars but if you don't mm -hmm. it just looks like a shirt yeah. and it would make those connections happen um, and it turns out making shirts is really hard but <laughs> making t-shirts is much more accessible for the for someone that's had no experience um, so then that kind of evolved from, right, how can I connect in a business sense to how can we create connections using cars? Like the connections thing was the important part. Um, and I used to work in secure psychiatric hospitals and my other half is a, an actual doctor of psychology. Um, yeah. so when we were kind of coming up with the ideas, it, it really made a lot of sense to go, well, if we're connecting people through cars, let's mm -hmm. use that to to be positive to make a difference so that kind of organically grew into what it now is which is creating connections through cars through um 
like brand awareness. So the, the brand represents that it's okay to talk, it's okay to connect with people, it's building community, and it's building those foundations with a mindset of, right, it's okay to, to chat when it times are tough. Um, mm. Cars will create these friendships and these connections and these communities, and you're wearing a brand that represents that. So that's kind of the three things that exist is it's a, a, a brand, and we're using brand awareness to create connections. It's automotive themed because we're using cars to create those connections and we're using those connections to to raise mental health awareness and make it more commonplace to just talk more it's it's not necessarily let's sit down and have a therapy session but it can be a sorry i've just had a shave i've got bits of like hair everywhere i'm not just done done a couple of lines i promise i've got hair going up my nose every time i've just realized i'm like touching my nose all the time like a proper cokehead just for, the, um, uh, just for the listeners, Lewis is gurning right now. Yeah. Just, um, <laughs> no, I, I had a shave because I realised that I'd not had a shave since we got back off holiday like two weeks ago. Um, and I was looking a bit unkempt. Um, but yeah, so we're using, we're effectively, we're using cars to, to connect people and we're building the foundations of those connections upon the idea of talking more is, is okay um, and, and yeah, making it more commonplace. Awesome. Was there was there kind of a, I guess, a reason from a personal point of view to kind of go down the mental health route? I don't want to obviously kind of target this as like, oh, what was wrong with you? If you see what I mean, but it's kind of like, did you have like a kind of personal connection to the cause? There's nothing wrong. Uh, with it. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did, so did, for me, I cars and mental health go hand in hand for me personally. Um, as a teenager, I had a pretty rough home life and mm. getting my first car, which was an old school mini, like the coolest first car you can have, really. And it was yeah. like modified and loud and bright orange and all the, the fun stuff that you'd want as a, I got it when I was 18, but it meant I could escape a lot of the crap that I was dealing with. Mm. Uh, so I got away from a lot of horrible situations. I could spend hours tinkering and cleaning and which is like a form of mindfulness and it's something that i've gone on to kind of coin the term auto mindful from um <coughs> and when things are bigger that will be like a, a separate brand to create that it's a whole other concept to go down with that one um but it meant that it was it helped me with my mental health and it's how i made a lot of friends and you can park up next to a mclaren and the guy mm. in the mclaren starts asking you about your old mini so it was that real kind of proof of concept before the concept even existed that cars connect people. Um, yeah. And then I, funnily enough, I left school and became an accountant and really struggled, not with the work itself, but with sitting for hours in my own head mm-hmm. because of the aforementioned horrible times. Um, so I ended up losing my job because I was underperforming because I couldn't focus. And I kind of needed something to do to pay the bills. And I was living on my own. And my stepmom was doing shifts in a secure hospital. And she said, it's, I think it was like £9 an hour. Um, you can, there's a thing called bank work. So you, you're like on ad hoc. You're not like a permanent member of stuff. It's, like, it's a zero hours contract. But you can yeah. kind of pick and choose when you're available. And it meant you can do as few or as many as you want. And this, that and the other. So just to kind of, it was like, a, right, that'll tide me over while I figure out what I'm doing. Um, 
and it was about a mile away from where I lived was one of the hospitals and then I started and I knew he didn't turn up on my first day because I was like this is going to be a mental asylum and it's going to be horrific mm. and it wasn't it was super chill and I got told off because I was like pacing because I'd spent all this time like working in an office where if you're not doing something someone's like why aren't you working yeah. to then just sit and watching telly and I was like oh I don't know how to do this I've been here for eight hours and I've not actually done anything today. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's what we need you for. Because when things don't go smoothly, you have to be able to jump in. But I, I fell in love with it. I did that for, I think, three years, nearly four years, something like that. And I worked in four different hospitals from rehabs all the way up to like medium secure, which doesn't sound very secure, but it's 12 foot fences. Everything's oh, a steel shit. door. You've got keys to absolutely everything and they're attached to you and there's patients that need like four staff to one support and stuff like that. So you say, sure. oh, it's medium secure. And people go, oh, that's, that's not too bad. And it's like, no, that's one down from the top. And the top is yeah. Brampton where Ran uh, Bronson was and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it was interesting. But I really did develop this passion for mental health. And I really learned a lot of skills in how to help others with mental health issues and dealing with the, the difficulties that that, that faces. Um, so when all of this came together, as I said, it made sense to tie that in because why build something when you've got the opportunity to build something that makes a difference? Yeah. Um, and well, it's, it's hopefully making a difference, which is which is the goal. Did you ever um, did you ever kind of consider like retraining and kind of fully kind of going into that? So my my option really was to go into mental health nursing. Yeah, which would have been going to uni. Um, and it it wasn't something that was drawing me I didn't have this desire to be a nurse mm -hmm. um, and a couple of friends of mine were nurses and a lot of them they were underpaid and overworked and underappreciated mm -hmm. and I didn't fancy that because I'm a little bit more argumentative and I'd have just been more it would have caused me more problems um, and that whole industry is really like unfair to the people yeah. that put the, the work in you you're getting paid eight nine quid an hour to do a 12-hour shift where you could potentially get really seriously injured mm. and it's not appreciated in the way that it should be and the whole healthcare industry is the same it preys on yeah. people's compassion mm -hmm. um, so i started to really kind of not get on with the management and the styles of management and i didn't want to be part of that and I didn't want to be dedicating three years of training to then end up somewhere that I potentially might have hated. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I met my now girlfriend. We've been together five years. Um, and she was doing her doctorate. So I kind of like, well, I need to kind of catch up. She's doing a doctorate and I'm working night <laughs> shifts, um, which isn't a thing that I would look down on. And I... Yeah don't want that to seem like oh if, if you're not trying to progress you're you're wrong because that's not what I think at all I think the guys oh. that work there are absolute legends um but I my brain works on what's the next thing yeah. so that's why the t-shirts of the month work perfectly for me because I've always got something to be doing I've always mm -hmm. got oh the next t-shirt the next thing the next thing so when we met I was like right I've got to kind of try and catch up a bit now I've I've not been chasing anything for a couple of years which was probably what I needed to mm after all the crap growing up um so i was like right what do i want to do i'm quite good at talking 
I should get into sales. So I then got into a graduate scheme without a degree for UPS. Um, and that's how I ended up being a sales manager, basically. I covered Sussex for two years. Yeah. Um, that's where I am now. Oh, lovely. So yeah. whereabouts in Sussex are you? Uh, so I'm Burgess Hill, just outside of Brighton. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in Hove. Oh, right. oh okay. Hove, actually, if you're from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I that took me three or four times to go. What does that mean? Why do people keep saying that? And it's like, oh, it's not Brighton, it's Hove actually. Yeah, because um, it's, it's middle class. Um, but yeah, so I lived there for a year. Um, but have you been over to Fuel Coffee House in Henfield? That rings a bell. It's not going. It's it's not that far from you if you burn yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd it recommend down bell. there. And they're really, really, really great guys, but they're opening up a second location soon. But if you're wanting someone interesting to talk to about what they're building, they'd be a good one for you as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, not necessarily a clothing brand, but they are doing brand. It's, it's yeah, cool what they do. I think we we kind of have spoken a little bit about like, so obviously we're both kind of clothing brand owners. I run a screen printing business as well, but I think there's the kind of wider kind of talking to brands in general is quite yeah. a cool idea. It's kind of just like, obviously for me and Rube, it's easier for us to just speak to clothing brand owners because it's what we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's potentially something I think we'd like to explore. Yeah, well, uh, they're, they're building this like fuel community essentially mm. they've hit a couple of walls especially over covid and things like that mm. and they're finally after two years of searching they found a new location that's bigger and they have got more control over so you, you'll start to see that this fuel brand grows again yeah. um, and it might be a good one to to speak to even as they're in the middle of this big stage of growth or when they've got this new place established but it might be a good mm. one for you yeah, definitely. Awesome, man. No worries. So to rewind it back a little bit, um, <laughs> when we were talking about uh, where Tacona come from, where does the name come from? Oh, this is the question I think I've been asked the most. Um, <laughs> and funnily enough, I've just been given my first piece of commission work for a, a magazine, like the first ever thing I've been asked to write. And the guy was so, like, oh. I want you to write about Tacona. Tell me all about it. I was like, oh. There's a challenge because you don't want to feel like a bit of a knob. Just go, oh me 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 me. So I went right. The first things first. Here's what the name means because I know you're all wanting to know this. Um, so essentially, it's the combination of Tokyo and Zonda, which sounds like an odd place to start, right? Um, but that was eight-year-old me came up with the word because I wanted to be a car designer. And yeah, and my surname's not very exciting. It's not Ferrari or Lamborghini. So now Gordon Murray's done a car. I kind of feel like I should have lent into it, but here we are. Um, <laughs> so I think that was the name of my dream car company I was going to create, and I was going to be the next Ferrari. But yeah. the reason that that word has come back around, and it was I'd forgotten it, and it wasn't something that I'd carried with me through life, I was sat having dinner with a friend of mine who is like a serial entrepreneur and we're having dinner because that weekend we were doing some filming for an event with his two and a half million pound Aston Martin mm -hmm. so he's someone that I kind of look up to he's someone that's he's been very down to earth and very friendly and I met him at a car event it's not like it's like a family friend that's really wealthy it's a 
a guy that had no reason to engage with me whatsoever, but did. And I was asking him a few questions about like the names of his businesses, because they're all unique words and they were like of no relevance to anything. So I said, why, why do all these businesses have different names? And he said, well, when I create a business, I create a word that's unique. So whatever that business does, that's what that word is associated with. Mm-hmm. So as Tacona grows, it will be known for cars and mental health, but it's not limited to that as I was figuring out the idea of it. So it meant that rather than doing, say, like Auto Mindful, which is this other project that I've got kind of on tick over, um, which is very much automotive mindfulness, it's mm-hmm. a unique word so that whatever direction I went in, then it could just be that it didn't have to fit into these boxes of, well, that's what it says. So that's what it has to do, um, which means that when I do car events or a podcast or clothing, I could have done anything with the brand because it's not pigeonholed into car clothing or whatever name I could have used to, to create that. Um, So that's why it's a unique word and that's where it originates from. Um, I think it's also a body painting tradition on Easter Island and it loosely translates to leaving a mark. So I'm I'm sticking with it because I, coincidentally, it's quite appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Good omen. Good omen. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I appreciate it's a unique sounding word. So it's, it's got a story behind it. Yeah, it's, it's memorable. Well, I think it that's because it's got a K in the middle. On, <laughs> from like a linguistics point of view, having a hard hmm. K helps because it's, it's a sharp letter that sticks in your mind. The challenge I have is there's a Toyota Tacoma truck. Uh, okay. And the guy that was the writer for Top Gear and now the Grand Tour, um, he said that in a podcast. He was like, oh, I was talking to that Tacoma T-shirt guy the other day. And I was like, great, got the name on. Thank you very much. I'm going to change Downcast's name from a C to a K now. Though. Yeah, it'd be fine. Um, yeah. You'd be like Outcast. No, no one will notice. No one will no. notice. But they'll Nobody think you're from from anyway, the Outcast so. band, won't they? <laughs> Oh. Like, but yes, carry, carry, carry on with the uh, with your origins, mate. I, I've kind of run out now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, I thought I'd interrupted that. No, no. It's, uh, it's a word I came up with as a kid, and it's a unique yeah. word because then whatever I do with it, that's what it stands for. And that's, yeah. that sums it up. That's why it's that. That's, <laughs> that's wicked. That's wicked. It's really really cool to see kind of like a genuine kind of childhood dream be translated into mm. something different in adulthood yeah it's so kind of like so i don't think either me or rube were kind of like sitting there as kind of kids going like, oh i'm going to come up with a like a, a brand or a company or whatever called twisted wire or called downcast it's obviously something that's come from like obviously later in life yeah do you know what i mean said so later in life we're not fucking half dead but <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it's just really um, what's the word? It's just really authentic. It's a really authentic story behind it. Well, a, a big part of what I do leans into authenticity because mm. of the nature of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it would be remiss of me to be like, well, you guys should be talking more and mental health is really important. Mm. And then for me to not actually be genuine about any of this, mm-hmm. um, it would be a, a big detractor from what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. And having that connected to it really helps. And 
funnily enough, I, in a very kind of roundabout way, do a lot of car drawing now because of the T-shirts have artworks on them. So I'm almost a designer, but I've met a couple of car designers and I've had two of them on the podcast and they've both gone, I've designed a lot of cup holders and a lot of boring things. I'm like, oh, it's actually better that I don't do that because the stuff I design is I get to choose what I design and it's interesting and exciting. And I don't have to design 11 different roof linings for a transit van. I can go, what artwork do I want to make this month? And just do that. So I've kind of outdone what eight-year-old me expected by being an adult and going, oh, no, this is way more fun than the boring stuff where it's all maths and what's the radius of this corner and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but hopefully my, um, eight-year-old will be proud. My dream when I was a kid was also to be a car designer. And I would spend hours and hours and hours of drawing these fictional cars and shit like that. And it ended up like by like early teenagers getting quite like, I guess, like schematic about it and being like really fucking precise and using like actual instruments to draw and everything and compasses and angles and rulers and, and all that shit. Whereas before it was like when when I was a proper kid, it was just like, oh, I'm going to draw a butt. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then it kind of like, it progressed. And then it was like, so I was never very good at school. Um, and I can't remember who said it to me. I can't remember if it was my mum, my nan. It was like, you know, they were like, you have to actually get good grades to go and do that shit. Um, and yeah. It kind of it's quite architecture, off. isn't it? You have to be really good at maths. Yeah, that that was another thing that I was really interested in as well. But it was kind of it was more the the drawing element of it. And obviously, like as technology progressed, a lot of that has gone out of it, I think, and a lot of it's a lot more digital. Yeah. And that wasn't something that I was at the time passionate about purely because it was so fucking alien to me. Like I'd grown up in an artistic family. My dad was a performance artist and my mum was a, a portrait artist. Right. So I'd always had pen and paper. And that to me was natural. And when it was like, oh, you're going to design this thing on a computer. I was just like, what? What are yeah. you on about? But how am I going to go about doing that? And like, I think it's almost come full circle for me because it was like, I didn't draw anything for years, like years and years. I made a kind of point of just like not ever really getting back into it. I don't know why. It was just some kind of bullshit stubbornness in me that was like, I'm not going to go and do this shit that I was doing when I was a kid. Um, one of the other things I really wanted to do is to be a comic book artist. Oh, nice. And I carried that on until I was about 16 or 17, but then didn't pick up a pen and paper again until I was probably... 26 27 right um and actually i might have been a bit younger than that maybe 25 um anyway digress um and yeah I just started i was out of work and i just started drawing for something to do and it was kind of that picking up a pen and paper again has transitioned into a design career owning a clothing brand and now in the screen printing business so it's like really come fucking full circle but if it was you know i guess if i hadn't done that when I was a kid and been taught all that shit and then been sacked when I was older <laughs> it wouldn't have happened well it's one of those you know, circle like, life yeah and a lot of life is about perspective like you can yeah. take that negative thing of being sacked and dwell on it and be like this is the mm-hmm. worst thing ever or you can do what you've done and gone actually this is an opportunity to to do something else or to explore something new and obviously it's easy to do that in hindsight but it, yeah. it's a big part of 
it, not to be one of those, oh, everything happens for a reason, but being able to shift your perspective of a negative situation quite often leads to a positive situation. Yeah. And if, you, if you're able to change your perspective, you'll find it much easier. If you just sit and dwell on how crap everything is, you'll just get into a cycle of dwelling on how crap everything is and you'll yeah. miss the chances for the good stuff. Um, because you're too busy being clouded by the bad stuff so it's one of those situations and similar with me um, losing my job as an accountant I ended up doing something that I really enjoyed and building this big skill set in like mental health and supporting people that I now am turning into this brand and helping people in a different direction so it's it would have been easy to go oh this is crap Mm. I've I've got no job it's crap but you went I'll pick up a pen and paper to keep me occupied and now you've turned that into what you're doing i mean that was the thing it was kind of just i didn't really think of like the picking up a pen and paper and kind of starting drawing again was going to lead to anything but what it kind of led to was so i was applying for jobs at the time and that and just kept getting rejected kept getting rejected and just getting fucking more and more fucking depressed and it was kind of like the drawing and kind of going into like you know my own head and coming up with shit and being creative was my outlet and then that led to kind of going, I've kind of always been interested in tattoos. I've always wanted to be involved in that, but I just haven't known how I'm going to build a, a portfolio. And then kept getting rejected for that. And it's just like, hey, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, that transitioned into the brand. But it's, you know, yeah. It's, uh, <coughs> uh, you just got to carry on, uh, carry on hustling, aren't you? It's, yeah, you've uh, got to keep on keeping on. Yeah. yeah exactly man exactly so where where do you kind of see the brand in like a year's time where do you want it to go if i were to be optimistic it would be doing this full time um that would be the goal that i would like to see come um it's potentially not going to be there in a year unless i manage to unlock a secret formula that i've been missing on growth mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this month's been a really good one for the potential of the brand like i hit minimum order quantities for the print run four times over within four days of the design coming out nice. which is a nice milestone to hit like it was it's been a really positive month um and it's one of those where it's like all right if that happened every month i'm about mm-hmm. a third of the way to full time yeah um so then it's like well what do i do to add on to that success in the other areas that I, I do stuff in. So that would be the the year's time goal would be full-time doing it. The flip side of that is we're saving for a house and I'm better off not being self-employed <laughs> in a yeah. year's time. I'm better off staying employed and just having some capitals and reserves in the, the background so that when I do yeah. go full-time, I've got some, some safety nets. Um, but yeah, being able to go full-time would be the the goal for next year don't um don't kind of give any secrets away but kind of do you have any kind of further plans for your kind of campaigns on mental health because i know obviously you're big on that with you know the it's okay to talk and and all that yeah what what are your kind of plans to push that I guess, I mean, because it is at the forefront of your brand, obviously, but do you want that to kind of become the main focus or is it kind of like you want the the brands and the t-shirt to be the main focus and then the kind of it's okay to talk and the mental health thing basically comes with it? Do you so, see yeah, they, I mean? they go hand in hand and the idea is to, to build brand awareness and that brand being built on the foundation of it's okay to talk. 
similar to mm. Nike's tagline being "Just Do It." Yeah. Um, the the idea with that is, it, you don't necessarily have to shove mental health down people's throats, and you'll most yeah. likely get people pushing back if you try to. Yeah. But if we make it more commonplace and more visible, and it becomes more of a, it is just, just part a normal of part of life. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the other things that we're doing, such as the the car meets that we do every month that's something that is uh, an area that i'm trying to focus on over the winter now that car mm. show season is kind of wrapped up um because what we found with those is as well as acting as a community space they support small business and they bring people together that might not necessarily have met mm. and they create a community in a way that is kind of really intentional so we yeah. get a lot of regular people coming down to the meet <coughs> time and time again, and they've all made friends with each other and they're all now like mates with people they wouldn't necessarily have been friends with. Hmm. So having more of those across the country is one of the big targets. Um, we've got four currently with a fifth that will start back up in the spring. We got up to seven at one point, but two of them have kind of had to, for whatever reason, we've had to change change tactic with it. Um, so, yeah, that that's one thing on top of building the clothing side of things. Um, doing that is a big part of what, what I'm aiming for. And the podcast, again, it, it all acts as this central core theme of getting people to talk and using cars to do so. Yeah. So we're building, we're building community that is kind of built on this foundation of cars bring people together and it's okay to talk and the podcast acts as an example of how conversation can flow so i have sat down with people i've met once never met before i've come across on the internet a bit and the idea is that conversation doesn't have to be daunting if i can sit there with a stranger that is arguably way more interesting than i am and we can <laughs> hold a conversation for an hour and then what i've found is after an hour you start to get the the more deeper conversation comes through and it works as an example of look conversation doesn't have to be scary it can be casual and you may yeah. find that the stuff that's important to talk about just kind of becomes more comfortable as you carry on with conversation yeah um, that's why that podcast really exists as much as it is I love chatting to Ian Callum, the designer of the Aston Martin Vanquish. <laughs> what a lifetime goal that was. Yeah. It's also, Ian Callum is a bloke and we just chatted for an hour and a half and he yeah. talked about the struggles of being a car designer and being Ian Callum. Hmm. And I got to experience that side of, like, look, everybody is a person. Everybody hmm. goes through life in their own way and everybody experiences difficult times and easy times good times and bad times it shouldn't be scary to talk about that stuff yeah it should I mean, be part uh, of life it's one of the thing i just don't get why there's still because i'm quite open with my, my mental health and kind of room will tell you like if i'm fucking feeling shit he's probably one of the first people i speak to and be like look i'm just fucking feeling crap today and you're the same with me yeah and it's kind of i don't get the kind of the stigma about it where it's like it is shunned to fucking talk about it it doesn't make any sense and i know like it's it's a it's probably a bit of an old, old school mentality like and that's probably the the root cause of it but i i 
I just don't understand why it's still like this when there's been campaigns and and shit that are going on for as long as I can remember and it doesn't feel like it's gotten any better yeah well it inherently has if you two are talking openly about it because yeah. 20 years ago <laughs> blokes of our age wouldn't talk about it at all so we, we've made some progress but I do understand what you mean I think the mm. challenge for most people is um vulnerability and ego yeah. And I don't mean that yeah. ego in an egotistical way. I mean, no, 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 no. That overcoming <clears throat> your own ego is the challenge. Mm, um, yeah. And I'll be the first to put my hands up and say, I find it difficult from time to time to talk about what I'm thinking and feeling. And half yeah. the time, I can't translate why I feel why I, the way I feel. So yeah. then that becomes frustrating. And then you end mm-hmm. up on this. I'm, I've been a bit moody for a couple of days because my brain is trying to process why I'm feeling the way that I feel. Yeah. And it, it's just that kind of continuous journey of learning and helping other people to learn that you don't necessarily have to know what you're feeling you don't necessarily have to talk exactly about what you're feeling and it takes a lot of work to overcome that fear of judgment and I think that's the biggest problem for people and I think the reason that you guys talk so openly with each other is that you are comfortable that the other person isn't going to judge you yeah Um, you can say what you talk to each other about because you know the other person isn't going to then treat you differently for having done so you're not then going to turn around to the rest of your mates and go oh, dave's dave's having a tough time with the missus because of that trust and that community and i think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people especially in a world where your social status is so much more important now because it's all visible mm-hmm. on the internet and yeah. people strive for the next car or the bigger house and keeping up with the joneses is now so much more publicly seeable that it's harder to then admit when things are tough because it's seen as failure yeah and for guys of our generation we're much better at it than our parents were and my younger brothers are much better at it than i am but it is still a challenge that's not necessarily just a societal thing it's also a men are inherently a little bit competitive so Mm. we are inherently quite adverse to seeming weak because then we feel like we've lost yeah um, yeah I can, I can relate to that um and it's it's funny like all the the manly stuff that you can do like driving fast cars or rock climbing or jujitsu and fighting and i don't know mountain biking and screen all that, yeah all that stuff that's <laughs> super macho that's actually much easier to do than being vulnerable yeah and it takes a lot more strength and bravery to be weak mm-hmm. which hopefully the more i say that the more we can kind of turn that macho thing on its head and go oh you're not even strong enough to cry mate why would i be scared of you you, you can't even cry it takes a real man to cry mm. and you kind <coughs> of flip the, the macho thing on its head it's like oh i'm much stronger than you mate i can talk about my emotions how, how weak are you you can't even talk about your emotions like that whole macho thing kind of then it kind of falls apart because, oh, yeah, I've done the MMA, I've done the rock climbing, I drive the sports cars, or I do all that sort of stuff. Now, it's, it's much tougher to sit there and go, I feel like absolute shit. Yeah, to open yourself up. Yeah. It's hard. I, I lost well, a, a friend in April. I spent two days just sat on the floor crying. Hmm. And then I felt, like, weak because I'd done that. And obviously, my other half is a psychologist. She was like, well, no, that's exactly how you should respond to one of your friends dying is yeah. you should be overcome with emotion and you should feel like absolute shit for a couple of days. That's appropriate and you should feel like it's appropriate. 
and we should make a conscious effort to feel the emotions when they're there rather than yeah. trying to hide them yeah so yeah it's okay to cry it's okay to sit there and feel like shit and go right i'm going to accept that this is going to feel horrible but i need to feel it so that i'm not repressing it and then it comes out in a different way that i can't control yeah i think the first thing me and rube do when each of us says we feel shit is just rip the shit out of each other that's but kind of just yeah, our way of making each other feel bad that's the sort of comfort that's the sort of comfortness we got in our in our friendship though isn't it i mean like i've had like i think we've been said on the podcast before how i've sent you a message in the morning and been like i feel like absolute ass today and then like you've not sort of gathered the severity of it and texting back and be like that's because you're a fucking prick or something like that but i obviously i know that that's just it's it's just the way we are like yeah well that's that that trust and that that yeah that that really helps the key thing isn't it that's the key word is it's trust yeah and i think a lot of people don't have that especially when it comes to kind of you know the their own kind of mental well-being and mental health and that is that trust to be able to speak to somebody openly and honestly like you know i'm i'm very lucky to have some of the people in my life that i do have like you know rube's one of them my wife's another one um and a few other close (laughs) friends and that that i do speak to openly about like you know my own kind of struggles and what i'm going through and stuff but i think a lot of people don't i don't think it's necessarily a lot of people don't have that I think it's a lot of people just don't have the confidence to open up to those close people. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people don't know that those people are there for them in that way as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's, you know, I think it's all it takes is to open up once to, I guess, to find out. I know that's a fucking terrifying thing. Yeah. Well, I've had that a lot. I've had a lot of conversations with people after they've had a sticker on their car or they've worn a t-shirt that people have come up to them and gone, oh, you're you get it you're you're on the right side of this and then it it's done exactly what it was intended to do and it's made that barrier easier to breach because it's it's allowed that other person to know that you can talk to them without you having to have that conversation and that's that's like the whole point of the the nate the tag of it's okay to talk is it breaks down that barrier without you having to like put on the the extra level of bravery to overcome the barrier it kind of does that bit for you and i found so many times as soon as someone realizes that i do what i do and my branding says what it says that they go oh i can talk to you about mental health because i know you're you're not going to judge me for it because you get that it's important to talk about Mm. and this whole like branding thing and the brand awareness thing that i've talked about that's the reason that that is designed that way is to create that like connection is to bridge the gap between talking and talking properly without someone having to put their ego on the line and go yeah oh, can i talk to you because i'm not feeling too good because it's that fear mm. of rejection that stops that for most people yeah but if that barrier has already been breached by a t-shirt that says it's okay to talk or a sticker on a car or being at a car meet hosted by the brand that started the it's okay to talk thing then you don't need to worry as much about that fear of rejection because it's been established already it's okay to talk everybody's um, there for the same thing yeah we, we're all on the same page here we agree that it's okay to go i'm feeling crap can we go for a coffee hmm. without like oh i need to just get something off my chest because i'm feeling a bit shit you don't say it because you think someone's go i'm really sorry i can't deal with that <coughs> or i ain't got time for you or they even though they probably would never say it they're judging you for what you're about to say um hmm. 
and it, it's really important that these barriers are broken down and I'm sure you guys have found as soon as you've opened up even a small amount you found that as soon as that bridge is crossed everybody's actually on the same side yeah. yeah everyone's there for you people will then inherently talk to you back and it mm -hmm. helps just to break down the barrier and bridge that gap yeah, yeah. thing is as well when you've broken down those barriers there's no putting them back up no that's the best part about it we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, leave sold. me alone now. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's the end of it. But that's no, we'll, the... we'll go down to bowling up now. Yeah, we're, we've done it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> done it, tried it, don't like yeah. it. Everybody gets one. There we go. No, it, it stays down. Um, because it inherently everybody benefits from it. Nobody's got something to lose there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. It's it's a really fucking awesome thing you're doing, mate. And I mean that yeah. genuinely. Well, um you. You know, it's uh, and I, you know, I look forward to seeing the campaigns and the brand grow. I appreciate. Um, that. I'm, not, I'm not not finishing it, by the way. Yeah, Still that's it. To go. That We've sounded like I was in the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. See you later. Fuck off. Bye. <laughs> that whole list of questions you sent me. <laughs> go yeah, <on>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's re really cool, I mate. And you know, I, I I appreciate what you're doing. Um, <coughs> yeah. Just wanted to say that. Um, it's really hard to hear those compliments and not just from you in general mm. because i just do this like mm. it it doesn't feel like a, an extra thing if mm. that makes sense like i've always been a little bit more comfortable talking and i've always been a little bit more open around people and i worked in the hospitals so I, i've always just kind of done this sort of stuff i'm just doing yeah. it a little bit more publicly um so it's it's all I always get a little bit uncomfortable. Like, I really appreciate what you. Know. I'm like, oh, I was just doing this. <laughs> I didn't really, uh, I didn't really know that it would mean so much to people, and it it always makes me feel a little bit like, oh no, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't appreciate me as much as you do. I'm just just a guy sat in a chair bumbling around drawing t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you do you design everything yourself then? Ninety percent of the stuff I've done, I think okay, I've had. Good three t-shirts designed for me but okay. that was my father-in-law is a graphic designer and he's done two okay. and a very good friend of mine is an illustrator and he drew one for me um because it was like a little collaboration between us and a car journalist with a little online idea that came together on twitter um so yeah pretty much everything with a tacona badge on i've done unless it's been working with a friend or my Father in law, awesome man. I love the style, really, really love the style. Thank you. Uh, funny, funny enough, I, I had a uh, not funny enough, it's just a bit of a random segue. This, but um, I had a, a chat with a prospective client yesterday, um, print client, but he wants um, wants a rebrand as well. And he's uh, he runs a um, basically a mobile pizza business, and he pops up at like weddings and private events and stuff like that. And he's got a 1959 Dodge uh, like pickup truck. Cool. and he wants this like incorporated into like his like his branding and put it on t-shirts and stuff like that and i actually looked on your profile and i was like i need to find some kind of like styles to like get inspiration from just to yeah, kind of yeah. like you know because it's it's not really what i draw but he was like i'm coming to you for t-shirts you might as well give the designer the crack sort of thing so i was just like looking yeah. about and he, he wants like the the kind of vintage american garage mechanic sort of style sort of thing so have a look yeah. at um lucky luke's i think it's lucky luke's parts company or something like that they do some quite cool 
hot roddy style stuff. Okay. Um, I'd I'd recommend giving them a look. I'm sure it's Lucky Luke's. So my friend that I lost in April, he puts to, he started a couple of car things, and that was very much his style, and he used those for some logos and stuff like that. So I'd recommend having a gander at that for some more inspiration. Yeah, um, definitely. It's, Thank it's you. funny. The T-shirts of the month have allowed me to kind of try different things. Mm. So it's not. I think two of them are relatively consistent. So the the Mazda one from a couple of months ago and this month's one are done like proper artwork. Yeah. So they've got a lot of not necessarily layers, but it's it's not block color. There's a lot of bits yeah. in them to make up that shape and stuff like that. Whereas a, some of the other stuff I've done is like flat block without mm-hmm. and then like a block for a bit of shading. Yeah. And then some more like I've taken a car logo and taken the livery colours and done that for one. So it's it's interesting to hear, oh, I like your style. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, it's, it's varied. I don't really have a style. Hmm. It's recognisable, though, mate. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's. I get what you mean. Um, but yeah, again, it's one of those things where because I'm in the middle of it, I don't see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> cool. it's, it's interesting to hear. Thank you. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, how come you decided to kind of go down the kind of pre-order slash tier the month route then, as opposed to going, I'm going to do three designs, stock them, and then just ship out orders as and when? I don't have any money. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess you, you, you could have gone down the fulfillment route and gone with DTG though. Oh, so when so Darren, who's been on your podcast, is my print supplier. When yeah. we started, we did DTG. And fulfillment and it's a okay. three week it was a three week turnaround and he was fulfilling for me um and then i think his dtg machine broke and i think his business had grown so much that he was in a position where he could do print screen only in minimum order quantities okay so we had a conversation about that and it was at a point where i was starting to grow a little bit and i'd found that going to a car show and getting people to because i'd built like a configurator I'd had several different logos with liveries and this, that, and the other. Build your own. Nobody engaged with it. People want stuff while they're there. Yeah. So it made sense to go to a car show with a box full of stuff. Yeah. People in Harry go, I like that. I'll have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was like, well, I might as well. I think the minimum order quantities for screen print stuff's not that high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could put a bit of my money, whatever I could scrounge together, into one or two designs. So like this logo black and gold has been really popular um funny enough this is a prototype for some manufactured stuff that i've been playing around with the idea of so the back of this is a big print um so i this is the only one in gold there's a pink and black one and that also prints onto hoodies so there is some stuff that i hold stock of and they're these logo ones and with the big print on the back the beauty of working with Darren is the hoodies that are embroidered, like this one, which is new. Is good, isn't it? Just got this 3D embroidered one. Mm. For anyone listening, it's 3D embroidered. It's white thread on a pink hoodie. It's a really impressive 3D That's embroidery. Nice. Um, not to toot my own horn because it's not me that makes them. So, <laughs> but it's my business. So if you want a really good hoodie, oh, I'll yeah. it um, that stuff we do made to order. Because it's okay. embroidery, 
So we just have the embroidery file. Yeah. When he orders, because I'm not his only customer, it means that when he orders some stock, we chuck one in for me. Yeah. And we have it embroidered and he posts it to me. Um, mm -hmm. But the T-shirts the of the month were done as pre-order to eliminate the amount of kind of leftover stock, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I've now learned I'm better to have some extras because then I go to car shows and I've got stuff with cars on it. <laughs> and people like them and they always sell out. Um, but it took a lot of the risk out. So a lot yeah. of what I do is risk averse because I can't afford to take risks at the minute. I don't have any money. And it's still small and it covers it's a, itself and a little bit more to try things and buy things and go to shows and stuff like that. But <clears throat> they were done as pre-order to keep risk minimum. Even in the pre-order details, it's if we don't hit minimum order quantities, we'll refund you and they just yeah. won't get made. Um, Do you mind me asking what your minimum? I think it's like 12. It's not much. Oh, is that it? Oh, okay, it. fair enough. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like 50 or something. If I want, so these ones, they're like manufactured in Pakistan and they've got little labels here, which they won't have because I had that on under a hoodie the other day and it scratched my arm to bits all afternoon. <laughs> we'll get rid of that. But they've got a little label down at the bottom and inside the neck's got all the branding and stuff like that. Okay. These would, these, this is my exploration into working with stockists, like men's boutiques and stuff like that. So if Darren hears this, which we've already had the conversation about, because so I was like, I'm going to post a photo of a T-shirt that you haven't printed. I'm giving you the heads up. I've not jumped ship. I'm trying something, and it's not going to impact on what we do together. Um, these are like 50 minimum. So okay. it's it's kind of a going rate. It's minimum order of 50. But yeah. the beauty of working with Darren is we're, we're quite good pals. So he's looked after me. So I don't know if yeah. his minimum order quantities for new people are. 12 i don't know what they are i, I asked for a quote from him. he said 200 so there you go he's, he's a big <laughs> businessman now he's just looking after me because i've uh i've been his pal um he's like that darcy like it downcast he's all right yeah Pretty he's got his own screen printers hasn't he yeah if he's wanting something it's going to be 200 plus <laughs> um but yeah not to to give too many secrets away but it's yeah my yeah, my cost per garment is the same as these which means that there's no point in me oh. using these for stockists until I've got yeah. stockists lined up that want to buy a thousand of them. Because yeah. um, I can go, well, I can just get 12 made in the UK. And as nice mm. as it is to have a label at the bottom and a, a label around the neck that's embroidered in, in terms of the brand itself, it doesn't make that big a difference because it's the message. You ever, um, you ever considered doing that yourself? The finishing? No, I'm too, I haven't got time. I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to build a brand, pay someone else to do it for me. Um, it's it's a lot of work, and equipment's mm. not cheap. And mm. I'm not very good at it. I definitely get that wrong. I don't print these. I get that bit wrong as well. At least with design, I, if I make a mistake, I can click Control and Z, and then yeah. just fix it. With actually making something, you you have to be quite skilled at it. And I'm learning all of this sort of stuff as I go along. So I wouldn't want to put any money on the line at the minute. Mm. Um, I was uh, I was printing earlier and I was doing this um, this half tone design on some quite expensive hoodies. And pr any printers out there that are listening to this will know that printing on fleece is a different animal. And I was fucking terrified because I was like, I'd never print half tones on fleece, yeah. never. I've just never like been given the opportunity. I was like, I oh, know I'm going to fit these up. And they're like 26, 27 pound hoodies. And I was just like, fuck one up. 
it's just you know that's literally yeah. just me wiping my ass for money um so but yeah, they this. all came out banging well hats off to you for smashing that and we, i had a similar thing when i first started in that we were doing sublimation printing okay and it was oh when i first started it was really kind of this guy's just learned how to use inkscape it wasn't even an illustrator i couldn't afford it um i was like what can i get for free um it was very simple and we were, i was learning what how you could print stuff what ways you could print stuff this and the other and there was a client yeah. of mine that was it was a company that did fulfillment logistics and they just bought a sublimation printer and a vinyl cutter so like, oh, we're just going to have a play around with this stuff, see if we can make a business out of it. Um, so we're doing sublimation printing, and I'd done my first colour design. It had the martini livery running through the logo. And I said, oh, let's give it a go. So I bought a T-shirt, and we did... I didn't realise the Pantone colours would come out true. So on the screen, it's a different colour to what actually prints. Because yeah. your screens aren't... It's hard to get true colour on screen unless you know what you're doing. So I'd made it look like it was the colours on the screen. I printed it, it came out like orange and blue instead of red and blue. So it looked like the golf colours, quite fortunately, but it wasn't supposed to. And we went through, I think I used one T-shirt and I'd printed four on the back, four on the front, and all the Pantones at the bottom. So we could figure out which colour was the right Pantone colour to use when it was printed. Right. Yeah. And that, that T-shirt cost me six quid. I was like, oh, fucking hell. This is going to be a right pain in the ass if I have to do this every time. We've just figured out that using the true colour Pantones just works because yep. printing is... Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing that we deal with when it comes to kind of sending proofs to, to print clients is it's kind of like they, if they specify a Pantone and we send them a print proof, it's probably going to look different on the screen <coughs> because that's RGB to CMYK. Mm. And it's just like the amount of times that people have gone, oh, that colour doesn't look right. Yeah. Or the worst one is where they send their design as like an RGB file or it's, you're just looking at it on a screen. So I'll match that to a Pantone. And then when I print the Pantone on the actual shirts, it's different to what they've designed it as. Yeah. And, and that's like... Different in their head. And then you send them 50 yeah. of them. And they're like, this isn't what I had in mind. But then, you know, my argument is I include the Pantones on the print proofs. It's like, you know, if you're designing your stuff yourself and that, if you see a Pantone design, then you should probably check it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm being a dick saying that, but it's kind of, that's just my, one of my struggles. You're probably encountering people that don't understand the difference, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but this is the, the people that I'm speaking about, are specifically people that are designing their own stuff in yeah. like illustrator so they've got the tools to be able to do it yeah but just, i you, know. you could tell that to me and i'm like i don't really know mm. uh, yeah i kind of know what a pantone is but i don't really know what i need to check so i'll just yeah. assume that you know what you're doing yeah it, it i mean the, the thing is is most people wouldn't notice the difference no but there are some out there that are very 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 particular so they'll notice the difference but they won't have done the thorough checks yeah so they should know better really shouldn't they yeah exactly <laughs> It's just, but whatever. They they don't come back. <laughs> Thankfully, You're probably better off not having to deal with those people. Though. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I mean. That's what again, I mean. it's that that it's all about perspective, and you, it hurts to lose a potential customer. But if they're a difficult potential customer, you're probably better not having to deal with them. Yeah, yeah. You um, you got any questions on digital marketing, Ruth? 
Um, yeah, so how did you scale up the brand? Like, did you, is there any sort of uh, digital marketing route you went down or? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing. And I think I tried to, so I'll, I'll be clear. I, I didn't know how Instagram worked. And Instagram's probably been the, the thing that it's grown most on. Yeah, and to really kind of get those people think that having lots of followers means that you're you're big, and mm. everybody knows who you are. But having a thousand good followers is better than having ten thousand that don't actually know who you are. Oh, more than, yeah, yeah, more. Than um, which I didn't realize at the start. So I was doing that. I'll follow a hundred people a day, and I'll delete a hundred people a day. <laughs> you just churn through and it, I, I figured that 100 people is about the limit before Instagram soft blocks you Yes. so for about a year I bits and bot like hit and miss but that was roughly the rule that I followed was go follow a big established Instagram account and I'll use Slammed UK as my example because I know Jordan who runs it and he uses Darren for his thing so I was like right he's got yeah. a big account He's doing something in a similar vein to what I'm doing. It's cars and clothes and stuff like that. I'll follow his followers. Mm. And I got into this cycle of like, follow 100 from him that I didn't follow already. Go to my following, people who follow me, sort by oldest to newest, and then unfollow, like the ones that I'd followed, sort by oldest to newest, and then unfollow 100 or so of the oldest ones. Because if I didn't, if I didn't recognise them, I clearly wasn't engaging with them anyway. So I did that for a bit, and that got me to about five thousand followers in about a year. Mm. And I, a few friends were like, "Oh, that's amazing!" I was like, "Yeah, I still only get twenty-five likes on a post. I don't know what's going mm. on." It's like, "Oh, they're not actually followers. They're yeah. just they're almost like accounts that follow you, but they don't know they follow you, and you don't have any engagement with them." Mm. Yeah, and it becomes a full-time thing because then what you end up doing is you get involved in those like little whatsapp groups where everyone puts a fire emoji on everyone else's photo mm. it looks like you the get the engagement school, the old school engagement groups yeah, yeah and that that's dead in the water that's long gone now yeah um and then it was stories came out and i've had to be fair stories is probably the thing that i a enjoy the most and b have the most interaction with people from because yeah. it's just stuff that you're out and about doing and i used to work in a job where i was out all the time so I'd just be car spotting. And mm. then I got a lot of engagement from that. Um, and now obviously we're on TikTok and videos and stuff. And that's something that I'm trying to learn how to do better. Um, and it's stuff like keywords and things like that are really important there. Mm. I've had a couple of videos that have had reasonable views, but nothing really to shout home about. But no, there's no plan. I should probably be better at it but it's a lot of energy. And when you're trying to just do stuff, it kind of falls by the wayside yeah, because yeah. It's, it's a lot of work to design something. It's a lot of work to put together car events. It's a lot of work to kind of try and get people onto a podcast. I've got a very, very tiny YouTube channel that I really do want to do something with, but it's a lot of work, like a lot of work to make a video yeah I've, I've i mean got... we we know that from trying to trying to do it for 
with the pod i mean eventually we want all the episodes to be on youtube but it's yeah you know sound, sound editing and then video and sound editing are too oh do you edit your podcast jesus mine just goes out i'm like here's oh, the audio yeah. have a listen <laughs> yeah 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 I, I edit out all of the uh all of ruben's um coffin talking <laughs> everybody's always like Ruben's really quiet it's like yeah because he's not in it this week yeah he's not shut up if you're hearing this podcast and it's mainly two of us it's wrong Ruben is not shut up it's been hard to get a word in to be honest I'm no, supposed sorry, to be boys, guest I had to keep pausing my mic so I, have got, I keep going for a coughing bit oh, it was... <laughs> um, but no it's I. there is a way to create strategy and things that work and if I was doing this full time and have more time to focus on it and it's stuff like planning in posts and having a bit of a theme to how your Instagram and digital yeah. sphere looks. Um, but funny enough, I've really gotten fallen a little bit in love with Twitter this past kind of 18 months. Okay. But because weird car Twitter is so nice, <laughs> like I don't really go on Twitter properly. I don't really follow current events or anything like that. It's mainly just people I know doing stuff in cars. Mm. Yeah. And it's normally like really exciting stuff or really obscure mundane cars that nobody really likes, except for us a lot on weird cars. So I've got a Renault 5, which is a, it cost me 500 quid last year. And it's, <laughs> it's very basic and it's a bit tatty. I put a sticker on it that says Paris spec because someone said they all look like Paris. We've all got dents and trim missing and stuff like that. But to most people, it's just a little old car. Nobody really cares. But if you're interested in cars in the way that a lot of people are that probably wouldn't admit it in, to the general public, mm. there's so much weird and wonderful stuff out there. Yeah. And weird car Twitter is like, I've really fallen into that. And it's quite a lot of fun. But I've also found that it's been a really good community driver. So a lot of the stuff that I do is obviously trying to build community. Mm. And I put a Facebook group together and I'm crap at using that as well um but i found twitter to be more engaged than facebook groups okay. yeah um like for example i just hit 1500 followers on twitter and what i do every time i hit a milestone is i just do a giveaway just yeah. like the post i'll put a random number generator and find whichever one that number comes up to none of this like and follow and comment and share and all that crap i ain't got time for that Mm. nobody cares about them. it just puts people off engaging with you so it's just yeah. like the post like the post whoever wins wins and i've got a really good friend now that i didn't know before because he won one of my t-shirts and now we're really good mates and we go to things together <laughs> and we travel around and this and so like, just like the post and i'll send someone a free t-shirt this month has got like 700 likes it just it's expl like, like the t-shirt itself it's exploded and it's really hard to predict what will do that. So I've kind of given up in trying to put the effort in because the stuff that I try and put the effort in will inherently go nowhere. And the mm. stuff where it's like, oh, here's a cool car I've just seen. There's six seconds of a Metro 6R4 rally car going past in London. So like 20,000 views on it. I'm like, why would I spend an hour and a half making a video if six seconds worth of me just happening to pass something gets seen? So yeah, all I need to do now to, to is... To be honest, it doesn't sound like you're not putting in work. Oh, no, I put it's, a lot of work in, but it's not... No, 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 I mean, just, it, just in terms of kind of like the... 
I think you described it as kind of effort in the sense of like, you know, building strategies and shit like that. But it does sound like to me from an outsider kind of looking in that you do have that, but it's just you're doing it effortlessly because it's what you're fucking interested in. I just, you know, so I'm from the outside looking in, if I, if I went into a car themed business or clothing brand or whatever, it's like that would kind of probably feel like work to me and I'd be looking for that stuff and I'd be going out to try and find that stuff and everything. But for you, it's natural. So it doesn't feel like you're actually having to like, you know, work for it. Well, that you know that makes you, a lot of sense. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. And to be, to be fair, my day job is I kind of do a bit of the, so I'm supposed to do all of the social media, but I spent two hours trying to explain to my boss what Instagram was the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's going to be an uphill struggle off to a good start yeah i've only been there a couple of months i'm like right i've, I've got to it's going to take some work <laughs> and that's the thing that i've realized because i i'm not really i'm into my cars and that there's a lot of crossover there and some of the stuff they make is really quite cool and heat induction is literally like having a lightsaber it's magic it uses electromagnets to heat up metal from the inside out and you can get some really, really powerful ones and they will heat up like eight mil steel in like three seconds from nothing to glowing hot in like almost instantly. It's literally like having a lightsaber. I don't know why people aren't robbing banks using it because you just go <laughs> straight through the, the door. So that stuff's really interesting. So I, I do a similar kind of thing to what I do with my car stuff. And I'm like, look how cool this thing is. And it's been really popular for them. Like I think I did a, a, an Instagram reel that's had more views and engagement and all of their other Instagram content put together until that point, <clears throat> which was only 8,000 views. They've not had much engagement, but still, and that's because it was something I was interested in. So yeah, it's comparative, isn't it? You know? Yes. But it's exactly as you say, for that, I'm going to have to put build strategy and buy, I'm going to have to put work in to find the stuff that is suitable. But for mm -hmm. me, I'll be at Tesco and I'll see something interesting, so I'll share a photo of it. And it's not like I've had to plan that or work for it. I've just gone, oh, that, this old Mercedes that most people just think is an old Mercedes is actually really cool. Here's a photo and people will see that and engage in it and we'll chat. Hmm. So you're, you hit the nail on the head, really. I don't see it as having strategy or doing work because I, that's just how I kind of live. Okay. I go to car things. I meet car people. I do car drawings and make car themed T-shirts. And I talk a lot about mental health. I did a full thread the other day of some real, someone had posted this, like, this is how men should deal with mental health. You should just lock it down and go play cricket. Something like that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It was, to be fair, it was a tweet thread. And there were some points that were relevant. And there was advice that was good. Not all of it, clearly. But some of it was good advice if you translated it from what he'd said to what he meant. Right. So it was like, go play cricket, do some gardening. Um, it was a very white middle class guy. <laughs> it sounds it. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what the other ones. Were. I know another one was believing, uh, go to church. Right? Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and then he was like, don't talk about your feelings. Oh, go to the pub with your mates. That was it. So inherently, those five points, now, don't talk about your feelings, I disagree with wholeheartedly, really mm -hmm. disagree with, very strongly, and he's wrong, right? I can, I'm, I will die on that hill that that man is wrong for that point. The other four, 
mm. if translated, are right. Yeah. He didn't do it in a translated format. He did it in his own mm. personal opinion. Mm. So believe in God. Now I don't believe in God. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't care. My family are all Jehovah's Witnesses. I've done the 16 years of going to church three times a week and door knocking and all of that fun stuff. And I've come to the conclusion, I don't believe in it. However, doing things that are good for your like soul, yeah. for want of a better word, for you as a person and as a being, and making doing something that makes you feel fulfilled and gives you hope and makes you kind of have purpose, which is essentially what religion does. It gives you kind of a purpose. Yeah. That's really good for you. But if you say go to church, that's not the message people are reading. Mm-hmm. They're just going, oh, you think we should all go to church? No, mm-hmm. what inherently is you should have some form of fulfillment and purpose to what you to your existence. Because yeah. it's hard to do anything if you don't feel like you have any sort of purpose to being here. You just feel kind of, well, what's the bloody point? Mm-hmm. So it's a good point if translated. Same with the others. Playing cricket is a team sport. Being part of a team and a community is good for you. Cricket mm-hmm. is boring as hell. Yeah. But being part of a team, <laughs> if you if your social battery is charged by being around other people, yeah. doing sports is good. Being a, especially a team sport is great for you. Playing football is great for making friends and bringing people together. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. But again, you have to translate this go play cricket to be part of a community. Similarly with going to the pub with your mates. Drinking is not good for mental health. It's inherently a downer. But the social life around going to the pub is good for you. Because you're with your mates, you're chatting shit, you're getting stuff off your chest. You get that banter in the back and forth. It's good. It's part of being a social being. And again, for a lot of people, it's kind of that's where they see their mates as well. That's where they see their mates. But then they drink a lot and then it becomes a problem, which is the issues I have with my dad. So the, the, the other one is gardening, which, again, is quite boring for most people. But it's a form of mindfulness, yeah. similar to cleaning the car or fixing the car or doing a task-focused exercise with a, a like a target to aim for. So nurturing. So, yeah, so you're doing something that you spend four hours just in your own head doing a task that is inherently got an end goal that you're trying to achieve Mm-hmm. but you are not doing anything else in that moment you're just doing that thing and it's a form of mindfulness that's why you get those coloring books for adults is you sit there yeah. and you color for three hours you're just switched off from the world for a bit and it's good for your brain to do that sort of stuff so these points he was making except for the don't talk one that's a load of shit those are the four points were actually good points just needed mm-hmm. translating now for me on twitter all I did was translate them. I did this little thread that translated it. Now, if I was a social media manager that didn't actually care about mental health in the way that I do, that would have seemed like work. For me, I was like, oh, we can take this shitty thread and actually get some benefit from it. But that's just how I work. Like, So as you were saying, it's, it is a lot of energy and a lot of time goes into it, but it doesn't feel like I'm doing yeah. strategy or marketing or digital marketing. I'm just on Twitter with a bit of a purpose yeah it doesn't feel like you're expending energy to do it yeah until i get to the end of the day and i'm knackered and basically like, you know you've been on your phone all day yeah I'm yeah talking to people. It's like yeah but that's still work yeah, yeah. 
Awesome stuff, yeah. man. Awesome but I, stuff. I think there's a lot of value in digital marketing and social media. I yeah, think it's great for, for brand building. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot. So there's a brand called Boys Get Sad Too, who I would also mm-hmm. suggest you try and get in touch with. He'd be a good one yeah. to have on. And I didn't find out about him until about six months into starting doing this. And then I was very annoyed when I had. I was like, oh, he's got a similar idea to me. I thought I was very clever and someone else is already doing it. And he's grown bigger than I am. And it is what it is. Um, but he's like capitalized on the social media thing he's done a really good job with it and he's moved from instagram to tiktok and he's growing on there and it's a really good point of brands can grow through social awareness through social media Mm -hmm. there's a lot of negativity derived towards social media and it's justified but there's also little bits of goodness that can come out of it and especially for brands like mine and for like boys get sad too where we're trying to do a good thing Mm -hmm if brand awareness is possible through social media without it having to be big corporations throwing money at it, it kind of gives us a bit more of a chance to grow in ways yeah. that we wouldn't traditionally have grown. I mm. wouldn't get customers across in America and Australia without social media. So it's helpful. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you, because obviously, you know, you said it, social media kind of obviously has its pitfalls when it comes to, I guess, human nature, I guess, if you like, the worst parts of human nature. But in that same breath, I kind of do think of social media as like a tool for for potential good. I don't think it's used necessarily enough to encourage people to talk through. So a bit of background into what I used to do. I used to work uh, in the charity sector. I used to work for an anti-bullying charity. And a lot of the uh, people that we used to speak to, I used to speak to were uh, teens and young adults who were being bullied and stuff. And what the charity was trying to do was create like an online hub or an online support network or like a um, almost like a live chat function where people could actually come and speak and get advice and everything. And back then, like when we were trying to build this, it felt so relevant because that's where people were people are mm. online and it's kind of it just feels like the 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 i guess the negative barriers that are there you know you see the fucking racism and fucking homophobia and fucking bigotry and bullshit that you see online far outweighs the good that it can do from my like from my personal perspective that's what i see and i think that's probably the same for most people you see the shit on social media you don't necessarily see the good yeah no, I, I agree. And for me, you, I, I take a lot of time to filter out the negative stuff where I can. Now, the difficulty for me is as much as I am on social media, I'm not digesting content. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching videos. I'm not going through the feeds. The only feed that I scroll through is I go on Reddit and i'm on white people twitter because it's hilarious black people twitter because that's also hilarious scottish twitter and green text which is like the highlights from 4chan and all i use those for is at the end of the day just to wind down it's just to read through all the shit that is out there that is funny (laughs) because this to be fair white people there's a lot of kind of concerning stuff 
especially in the states because that's where it's predominantly focused mm. so it, it's kind of current events but right. mainly in america so it's not really relevant to me but it that's kind of the only social media that social media that i digest is that so i don't have the same kind of insight into what other people are seeing on social media as the layperson would because my engagement with it is mainly for putting stuff out there it's not really from yeah. taking it in a lot of them are messaging tools and catching up with mates rather than what's this famous person doing what's this celebrity doing yeah. and i'm not a teenager so i'm not at school and seeing what the other people at school are doing hmm. but it it can be a very dangerous thing and that level of anonymity that comes with it is a real danger that's kind of what i was getting at with the i know it wasn't really a question it was more of a kind of statement but it's i don't know i just feel that there should be so much more done with the kind of i guess a cause for good with the anonymity the problem you know what i mean yeah I, I agree with you being able to talk anonymously when you are trying to help other people or when you're going through a difficult time or you need help is beneficial the difficulty is social media is inherently big business yeah and the thing that gets the most engagement is the negative stuff mm -hmm. people love shouting at each other mm -hmm. and social media companies don't really care what you're shouting about just as long as you're shouting so all that a social media company sees is this thread has had 8 million comments because a load of people are shouting at each other in the comments. But while they're doing that, they're on our platform. They're seeing the stuff that we're putting out to them. So yeah. we'll continue to do that. So social media isn't, isn't designed to encourage like chats and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not going to show people this brilliant service that helps people with bullying because it's mm. not creating engagement in the same way that the negative stuff does. Yeah. So it's inherently a, a thing where social media needs to be a bit more accountable, yeah. which then comes down to more of a legislation and law and things mm -hmm. like that. These services are great and they definitely can exist on there it's just hard to find them because they're in the middle of all the crap. Yeah. And that boils down to social media being kind of unregulated and free to yeah. be. I mean, it, sh it should be regulated though. It's kind of, you know, all you have to do is, I don't know if you're into football or sports at all, but it's no. Well, it's after like the, the Euros final and all the players being racially abused and stuff like this, the thousands of people that are, throw in this fucking horrible disgusting fucking racist abuse the vast majority of them just get away with it because oh it's just it's just social media yeah yeah and and it's like there needs to be some form of accountability it's like if you're not going to punish the kind of the members or the account holders then the company holding those accounts needs to be fucking punished so that yeah. they go and ban people like this or whatever. Mm. And I think it's the same for, for for every form of kind of, I guess, hatefulness, like whether it's fucking racism or it's discrimination or it's sexism or it's homophobia or whatever, it needs to be kind of targeted in such a way that it's, you know, companies like Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever the hell they'll get out on board, and they're the ones that are going to pay for it if they're not managing it properly. Yeah, there needs to be some policing of it, really. Um, mm. The the challenge is that they're big companies now, so they can mm. influence they legislation, they can find workarounds, they can exist in places that won't force them to do these things. Yeah, And it becomes a, a challenge on top of everything else that's going on in the world to to try and kind of get these places regulated and it's it's such new technology i mean obviously we're now nearly 20 years into facebook existing but the people that are doing the legislation and in charge are all a lot older than that so they don't really understand what the pitfalls are and they don't really listen to the people that are talking to them like when they had zuckerberg in front of congress in america and the guy was just making himself look stupid and mark zuckerberg's like looking at him like, are you all right? Like, I don't think you quite know what's going on. So it's an uphill struggle. And while they yeah. exist in a free market, we're only going to see them continue to push the stuff that gets the most engagement because that's inherently mm-hmm. what their business model is. They're an advertising company. or yeah. their, their whole function is to get people to put adverts on their platform because there's so mm-hmm. many people looking at their platform. Mm-hmm. So it's a vicious cycle because the byproduct of that is all of the negativity that we see. And you've got teenagers on TikTok dancing and showing off their bodies and doing inappropriate things that they're not really old enough to understand the dangers of. Mm-hmm. And it's not in any way properly regulated to stop that. And you've got the bullying and the hate crimes. And we only have to look at what happened with Caroline Flack to, to see the, the real dangers of it. And what's yeah. currently happening with like Holly Willoughby Everyone's going, yeah. you remember Caroline Flack, right? This all happened, this has happened before and you guys all felt really crap for doing it and now you're doing mm. it again. Yeah. But it's... We don't, we don't fucking learn as human beings, that's the problem. And that... A, we don't. Some of us kind of do. There's always going to be a small portion that don't care. Yeah. And having an, uh, an anonymous way with no repercussions to get away with being an absolute dick there's always going to be someone there's always a a few people that if they know they can get away with it they'll do it regardless of how it affects someone else because they don't have the empathy um which without regulation and without kind of accountability is almost impossible to stop um Mm. because you just oh i got banned i'll create a new one yeah Yeah. easy to create a new online identity isn't it that's why the show catfish exists because it happens so often yeah um so it's yeah i it's not something we can fix it's something that needs to be really really thoroughly done at a high level yeah i think we could chat about it probably all night but yeah Yeah. as you said there's there's nothing we can do no we've just got to kind of crack on and us not be ourselves to other people it's kind of leave other people to their own thing and kind of when you see shit like that happen try and shut it down and challenge people and it's kind of you know i'm very much of the mindset of that if i see someone being an asshole in real life i will shut them down whether it's a mate or it's somebody fucking random i was like oh I don't yeah yeah really care it's like i'm a nightmare for it to be honest i get myself mm. in all sorts of trouble for being the guy that isn't scared to speak up hmm. mm. that's good though it's good yeah, my, my other half hates it. She's like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, but it needs to be said. That person's being a dick, so I'm going to call him a dick. Yeah. Oh, what happens if they kick off? I'm like, 
I used to work in a cigar what? store. Like, um, I've had people <laughs> kick off. I'm still here. We'll be all right. Mm. Which is probably a bit foolhardy because um, you never know what's going to happen. But people, there still needs to be a sense of accountability. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> just bring it back down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Are um, you talking to someone that their, their bread and butter is going into interesting and potentially deep places? So. No, no, that's fine. That it's so easy to do. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize at all, mate. Don't apologize at all. We've just got oh, a few. What's that brand like? Oh, they got really into Facebook being a horrible place, didn't they? Jesus, <laughs> I thought we were going to learn how to make some t shirts. No, it's, it, it is a really, really interesting topic of conversation and something that needs to be had. And me and Rube had a chat kind of before we came on and said, like, we both kind of. Uh, I guess hope that the conversation goes in this way because you are a good person to talk to about it because of what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do mean that in the best possible way. I, I don't want it to come across as like, oh yeah, we've come after you, and we're going to yeah. talk to you about this because of all this sort of thing. It's just kind Our of guy put the world it, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it is because of what you're doing. It's topical, and we can talk about it. It's yes. we're not bringing up randomly on another podcast where it's no, kind i don't of, I think darren would be like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, any of the other guests pretty much that we've had would have just you been like, why are you asking right? me this yeah you're a screen printer right yeah what do you think about social uh justice oh jesus Christ, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> literally but it's no. no it's it is important conversation and it's really good well, that's the whole point that's the reason i do what i do is the conversations need to happen so yeah. i'm happy and I'm trying my best to be the person that starts them. So yeah. it's of no surprise to me when it happens because I'm like, it's literally written all over my t shirt. We can yeah, talk we about stuff. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so, if hypothetical question, if you could add anything to your business that you think would give it a major boost, what would it be? Anything from cash injection, adding a member of staff, expertise? I think the two places that I would like, like there's two things that I would like dream of and they're, they're kind of linked. Obviously everybody wants a cash injection. Everybody would be happy with it. The challenge with the cash injection is keeping control. Mm -hmm. um, you inherently have to kind of sell your soul a little bit or at least a bit of your business to get cash from somewhere, unless it's a grant. So mm -hmm. ideally I'd like a really nice big grant where I don't have to give any of my business away. <laughs> Um, the other part which kind of links to it is I'd like my own premises and by that I mean uh, a location that can have a coffee shop and a store and a big car park and a space to build community yep. that would be the like if I could pick one thing to have that yeah. would be it um, it speaks to everything that I'm doing with the brand it creates this opportunity to build a community around something physically around a space yeah. so that would probably be the thing that i'd be most pining after um in terms of like expertise and help and staff and things like that i have friends and i know people and i inherently meet people that can provide those things yeah so i'm not in the in the sense of i'm not kind of like oh my god how am i going to learn how to do this or what do i do i can phone up a friend and go 
I'm thinking of this idea or I'm trying to figure out how to take this to the next level or how to improve this. And there'll be someone I know that can help or teach me. But in terms of like having a premises, that's a really big, scary thing to try and figure out how to do. Mm. And that's not necessarily something that someone can go, this is how you do it. It mm. takes a bit more than that. So that would be the, if I could have one thing theoretically given to me, that would be it. Awesome. Uh, do you want to take the last one, Maroon? Yeah. Um, so what's your biggest achievement so far running the brand? Oh, that's really, I saw that on the list. And I was like, I have no idea how to, to answer that because it's all, again, about perspective. Like, yeah. okay. What do we class as an achievement? Do I go, I had Ian Callum, the designer of the Aston Martin Vanquish on my podcast. Isn't that great? Well, in terms of the brand, no, in terms of me, that guy's lived the life that I dreamed of as a kid. Yeah. In terms of the brand, I would say the biggest achievement is we've got a network of coffees and cars events that build community space and they've yeah. been really well received and they've been engaged within the way that I hoped they would. Yeah. And there's a lot of potential for more on the horizon because I work with people that will engage with it in the right way yeah i'm not just going to go to a place that is just after the money and stuff like that I, i'm only going to go somewhere that where they'll do it properly and they'll they'll get behind the idea yeah and as someone that kind of i've only worked in the car industry for three years since i started okay. this i've not come from working in cars and having connections in cars to someone that was a car enthusiast and then started working on the other side of the, the line, basically, mm. to build these communities and these networks of people that six years ago, I would have been one of the people on the receiving end of is that's probably the biggest achievement. I, I used to go to car cafe that was hosted by, I think it was like sitting a BMW up in Nottingham. Yeah. So that was where I went with my mates and that's how I made friends and we'd go in our cars and we'd get a coffee and we'd chill out and we'd chat with our friends so to go from being someone that was going to those to being someone that makes those is quite a big yeah thing. that's cool and that's probably where it'd be is the communities that we're building yeah awesome know. awesome have you got any questions for us i don't actually which i, I kind of feel a bit rude about because I should be tapping into this well. End of podcast. End of yeah. podcast. That's it. Yeah. I already know everything. I don't know what I'm here for. Um, no, I feel rude. The, the difficulty is because you guys and you're kind of doing similar to A, you, you're doing branding like I do, B, you're doing printing like Darren does. Mm. I inherently have these questions, kind of the stuff that we would talk about. Is stuff that it's more of a we're both on the same or, or the three of us are on a similar page obviously i don't know the nuances of printing the way that you guys do and like you don't know the nuances of mental health hospitals like i do yeah but we would have a conversation that is kind of we've got an understanding of a similar level of knowledge in a broad area of stuff yeah and unless there was a specific thing i was trying to learn i haven't got a question to ask because it's not like i'm trying to learn something really specific the question I would probably ask, and it's one that I've still not figured out, and it's just come back to me, 
with screen printing, mm -hmm. why can't I do RGB printing where I just have because so a tiny bit of background for a summer holidays, I worked at a packaging company on an industrial screen printer. Okay. And the process was there were three screens, a red, a yellow, and a blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the packaging would go down this machine and it was like a 30 foot long printer and it would get red and then yellow and then blue or whichever order it went in. And then when it came out, it was a photo, full color image because you had the screens had like gaps for red that didn't need blue. And so the way the screens were made was to allow the different colors to come through at different levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when we screen print, t-shirts we have eight colors or six colors or however many colors i think it's eight and each screen does one color and obviously mm -hmm. some of those kind of mix to create i don't think they do i think we have eight inks mm -hmm. i can't remember the specific of it but i i said well why don't we just need three screens that and i got so told the, that's the, the thing works. that you were talking about is that a digital printer then? it was bigger screens because, because if it's so if it's RGB, the way RGB works is you can achieve, I think it's about 10 million colors yeah. with RGB because it blends all different shades and everything of red, green, and blue. And then screen printing essentially works on spot colors. I mean, so as you said, you need individual ink colors. Yeah. For, there, there, is, there is a way there are different print methods of achieving similar things to that. So I CMYK process, which is, you know, your cyan, yellow, magenta, and black. And what you do is you overlay all those colors using semi-transparent inks to get fully photographic images. It's the semi-transparent ink is the thing that I think is yeah, where so I don't si right. Simulated process is similar as well, but that's mainly used for dark garments, so using underbase. And then it's kind of layering up all all the inks and letting through certain parts of color through different parts of ink and stuff. It's a whole fucking different ball game. I've done a bit of CMYK. I haven't really ventured into simulator process. So I'm probably not the best person to speak to. There's some awesome people out there who like really specialize in it. And I love watching that sort of stuff and geeking out about it. Yeah. But personally, I just don't have the fucking confidence to like really dive into it. You know, I'd, I'd love to, but I think doing it, doing it manually as well, as opposed to, so I work at another shop, I work at an auto shop. I think listeners are probably very bored of hearing me say that, um, but it's relevant because I feel that doing things like simulated process on an auto might be a bit easier. I, I, I don't know. It's just, right. everything's quicker. Yeah. And it feels like set up times are quicker and you kind of have more i guess or, or more margin for error not less margin for error um there's more play with it sort of thing but yeah I, I, i've gone off on a bit of a tangent now and i don't know where i was going no it's, it's fair enough it's just, it's just understanding that i think that's what it is i just don't understand the different print processes and i probably wouldn't learn without doing them so i as many yeah. people Darren's probably told me to be face when this is why I've gone, <laughs> yeah. And then I've lost that information because I'm not using that information. Um, and then a, a TikTok will pop up and this guy will like get a t-shirt and he'll have three screens, and then there's a photo on the t-shirt at the end. I'm like, how is that possible? He's just whoop, whoop, whoop. 
photo mm. and it's like blue, red, and yellow, I think. Um, yeah. But I'm, my guess is it's that semi permeable style that you would, sorry, semi transparent. Yeah, I mean, that you have, sounds you just like said it and it's CMYK. already left out my, my head. CMYK process, process yeah. CMYK. That's what it sounds like to me. But f- mm. funnily enough, the other shop I work at, so when they print off their films, so they bring everything into Photoshop and they print directly from Photoshop using a uh, like a driver plugin um, to kind of manage the color profiles. But they print everything as RGB, right. and then the printer manages the color. So I'm not sure exactly how that translates exactly, or whether they've had to set anything up because I don't have any experience of using RGB to print onto yeah. an actual physical like bit of paper or film or whatever. To me, it's just a bit it's just a bit weird like coming from a design background from the design industry rgb's for screen cmyk is for print so yeah it's just a bit weird but that's uh that's it's a very different color kind of fish yeah. yeah other than that there's nothing that springs to mind unfortunately it's been a no, nice no chat as it is yeah um we've got a uh, a few randoms for you and then we'll, oh yeah uh, we'll, we'll let you get off and uh enjoy what remains of the evening I've, I've literally, I've got my dinner sat right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll hurry up. Um, do you want to kick off, Rube? Yeah, man. Uh, so if you had to relocate, where would you go to? I wish you chosen destination. Anywhere in the world? Anywhere. New Zealand. Nice. Any nice. particular reason or just New Zealand? Either New Zealand or Australia, just because Australia is a bit bigger. Um, my other half sister went and lived there for six months and it looked amazing oh, nice. um, and her, she's got cousins out there and they're always like life is great I'm like it sounds it's, it's nice and warm there's also snowy stuff up in the mountains yeah they drive on the left and they speak English which is, makes my life a bit easier um, but the it's a, an amazing location like an amazing place but it seems to be run a little bit better than here. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where Australia falls into potential just because it's kind of like a the economy is a bit bigger. And if someone trying mm. to build something, it might have a bit more accessibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I could pick anywhere in the world there. We've just moved to Northampton by design. So if it was just in the UK, I'd go, I've just done that. We picked here <laughs> because of where it is. Um, but uh, yeah, anywhere in the world, New Zealand, definitely not America. God. <laughs> terrifying yeah. fuck that yeah. <laughs> um, if you had to replace your face with an animal's face what would it be with an animal's face the rest oh, of your body know. stays the same what like a bloody Tekken character <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't know now I'm leaning towards the bloody leopard because that was a badass character on Tekken King, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a absolute <laughs> beast. Uh, I don't know what kind of what kind of faces would you have? Animals don't really have faces, do they? They have like well, I, I, I was gonna say I said a dog when it was asked to me just because then you could lick yourself, like make it quite practical. I don't think a dog can lick itself inherently because it has a dog's face. I think the rest of the body's <laughs> maneuverability comes in. But I mean, play. if you had like a snout, then it would surely be like, you so know. Surely you, you want it to be an anteater then, really, because you've got full <laughs> like length on that. An elephant, you could get hold of it then. Because you're only really getting, what, like two inches on your face if you have a dog's head? 
So if you're only two inches away already, fair dues to you, mate. But you've got to have tried to know that you only need two inches. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably like this far away. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm going to go do, with a leopard it... just for the Tekken throwback. Nice. nice. <laughs> Fair enough. And an elephant's oh, nose is the long bit. I don't think its tongue's very long. Yeah, but that's... You could sniff face, yourself really it? well. <laughs> that, Darcy doesn't need anything to smell himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess an elephant's trunk acts as like another hand, which would probably be quite handy. Yeah. Your selfie yeah. game would be amazing. <laughs> oh, go on, Ruth. I think that's you, mate. No, 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 no. Sorry, it is me, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the event of a plane crash. What's the first thing you're grabbing as a parachute? In the event of a plane crash as yeah, a parachute. Well, no, like, so you haven't got a parachute. You've got oh, right. House, like, anything. The bloody floaty stair boat thing from the plane. Massive. It's like having a wing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Why would you pick fair anything enough. else? What are you going to pick? <laughs> We're falling. What do I need? The biggest surface area possible, please. Oh, and it floats. Perfect. <laughs> fair enough. What, what obscure answers have you had to that? What I need to know what other people are thinking in that moment. The oh, first these, these are all news. Oh, is that, oh, right, okay. Well, I've had, you don't need to do that one again. I've already given you the perfect answer. I'll grab a um, wing. <laughs> if uh, if you could travel back in time just once, where would you go and what would you do? Oh, well, it would be this century because anything before that's a bit like anything can kill you because there's no healthcare. <laughs> uh, probably go back to the 80s. So that seemed like a pretty good decade. A lot of good stuff was happening there and nobody had any real work. Do I have to come back the same day? Or am I going to just stay there? Is it like you let's get one get, day? Yeah, let's go one day. If it's one day, then you can kind of be a bit more liberal with it because you don't have to worry about like healthcare and stuff. <laughs> like, you're not going back to the 1700s because like pen paracetamol wasn't around there and just a headache would be a nightmare. Um, for one day, probably like the moon landing or something like that. I think that'd be a cool thing to have witnessed. Or like a really early Formula One with some of the greats racing. Tell you what, it would be the Milli Miglia that's still in Moss One in the 722 Mercedes, because that was an impressive feat and a very cool thing. And I've seen the car in the metal and it's insane. So I'd go back and see that in person. So, awesome. I don't know when that was. I can't, I'm not that good. I just know that that's a cool car and I know who drove it. Um, yeah, a thousand miles at an average of 130 mile an hour through Italy, not like on a racetrack, just on the road yeah, yeah. through the night in like 1950 something, like just insane. Yeah. Um, that's funny enough, Sterling Moss used to live around the corner from my friend and I only found this out yesterday. And I've only known the guy since after Sterling Moss died, which is kind of annoying because it would have been nice to have known this before he died. But yeah, he lived around the corner from a mate of mine. And my friend owns a watch company that make motorsport-inspired watches. So it's like the perfect connection. That's like, just found this out. That, that would have been nice to know. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, bloody hell. That's how, that's how you introduce yourself to people. I'm Sterling Moss's neighbour. Nice to meet you. That, I don't care what else you do. That's your interesting fact, no matter where you go. Well, yeah, yeah I know Sterling Moss. Done. 
don't care what else you've done in life. Yeah. Oh, he's he's done a lot in life as well. He's a really cool guy. <laughs> Sterling Moss, that wins. <laughs> <laughs> do you think the aliens have already been here, or do you think, or do you think they're on the way? I think the chances of us encountering them are so slim that it will be miraculous if they've already been here. The universe is huge. Yeah. And like that that's an under like uh we cannot comprehend how big space is. We just yeah. can't. It is yeah. so big that your brain cannot figure out the size. And we are putting out such small things to let anyone know that we exist that it is almost impossible for us to be found until we get much better at broadcasting ourselves at which point do we really want to be found because any any intelligent life form that can get here is already more advanced than us and can very easily cause a lot of trouble and go well there's a lot of resources there thank you very much so i reckon we've probably not been visited and it will be a long time before we are just because of how big space is um. It's like the, the simulation thing. That's like, statistically, we're definitely in a simulation. Take <laughs> that information as you want. <laughs> not really how to, to fucking sleep tonight. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, if you've seen the leaks of GTA 6, we're on our way to building our own simulation. Within a simulation, which is probably within a simulation. Oh, just bloody live life and enjoy it. That's all you need to worry about. How happy are you? That's that should be your biggest worry. How happy am I? How much fun am I having? We get one trip round. Make it the most interesting one that you can have. Yeah, yeah. Save that thought. What's your dream car? Uh, Ferrari F50. Awesome. That question comes up all the time. That's an easy one to ask. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Don't know. I change jobs all the time, so probably trying something else, I suppose. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't doing the Tacona thing, I would probably be doing trying to get into motorsport, I reckon, or spending a lot of time shouting at broken cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they listen? Never, not at all. <laughs> and despite what Jeremy Clarkson says, a hammer never helps. <laughs> Um, no, it's a tough one because I'm inherently doing something because I want to find out. Mm. So that curious nature would have got me probably to here anyway. I'd probably be doing something car related in one way or another. It might not necessarily have been a clothing thing. It could have been road trips, car meets, yeah. which I'm going to do anyway. So I'd probably be about here in one way or another, just maybe doing slightly different things within the same world um yeah i i'm trying to live my life in a like let's learn stuff and let's do things that i enjoy mm. if i don't enjoy it it's not worth my time because we don't get enough time to live life in an unhappy way and i say that as a man that is not married and doesn't have kids and doesn't have the pressures to provide for anyone other than myself <laughs> I think if I had those responsibilities, I'd be a little bit less free-spirited about what I'm up to and a little stressed. bit more responsible. Yeah, because it's very it's easy. A bit for more me stressed to and a bit more tired. <laughs> yeah, and I'm already quite stressed and quite tired. So, 
this needs to take off before I get to that point. But yeah, it's very easy for me to say just, oh, do do things you enjoy and quit jobs that you hate. and But make sure that you've got another job lined up before you quit the one that you hate. When in reality, for most people that have actual responsibilities and are actual grown-ups, it's not quite that simple. Um, when you have another life depending on you, you kind of have to do a bit more hardship unless you're doing what I'm trying to do in building something that you enjoy before having those responsibilities. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. I'm um, doing things that I enjoy, so that's probably what I'd be doing anyway. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, which brands would you like to see on the pod? Oh, well, I've already given you Fuel Coffee House. Yep. I can recommend Amoligato, the watch company, but knowing Shami, the owner, as I do, apparently it was a rarity for me to get him on my podcast. <laughs> so I could recommend him, um, and he's built a yeah, watch. I mean, even if it's for, for people to check him out, mate, it's that's yeah. cool with- well, one is to kind of plug other brands and have chats with awesome brands. Amazing. That's it. So in that case, let me go with some small friends of mine that are on the growing. So um, Illustrator Maker is a good friend of mine who did a design for me. And he does really good artwork for people. And he does some really cool drawings and designs. And I've got one of his mugs. And he's a really talented guy. And he deserves being more known than he is. Um, So I would definitely recommend him. And not necessarily a brand, but a friend of mine who's a photographer that doesn't get enough recognition for the amazing work that he does. His name is Nick Dalton. He's Byrie Maelstrom on Instagram. As is Picture Corner Wheels, who might hear this and be like, oh, why did you mention Nick? Because he's also a very good photographer and a good friend. Um, they're both very, very talented guys that do very, very good work in their spare time. They're not known for it as much as they should be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd go with those. Fuel Coffee House, uh, Illustrator Maker, Fiery Maelstrom and Picture Corner Wheels. I don't know if you'd get a very interesting podcast out of any of them because they're <laughs> not doing things in terms of building brands yeah. in that way. I think Fuel Coffee House... Yes, because they also run Golding Barn Garage. They've built some really cool cars. They are building a brand. I've done them a disservice in that last statement. Um, and Illustrator Maker is building his own image and he's getting a little bit more known for it. Um, but he's not doing the same thing that I'm doing where it's like, this is a brand. This brand meat stands for this. He is a guy who makes illustrations and he's trying to do that. He does it yeah. full time. So yeah, I mean, we've spoken to to a designer on air. We've spoken to a model, and it's oh, kind nice. of like so. It's kind of we are opening it up. We're not just we're not going. Oh, we're we're exclusively speaking to people who are running yeah. brands. Well, I'd recommend it's... Illustrator Maker if you're looking for that sort of thing. He's been on mine, yeah, yeah. Um, so you could always listen to that and see if it's of interest. Yeah, definitely. And he's a really, really good guy. Um, I have a lot of time for him as well. He's very. He deserves any and everything that he gets from doing what he does. He's a really, really nice guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know many brands, if I'm honest. I'm not. If it weren't for my brand, I'd be wearing, like, Primark. Just because it's... <laughs> like, my wardrobe has got a couple of Next T-shirts that I got for Christmas. Well, we've got um, Primark on next week. Oh, perfect. 
No, we fucking haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, again, I, I don't consume things like TV or YouTube or what's mm. going on on social media. And I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I can't hold my attention for long enough to, to give it proper thought. Um, but if I wasn't making clothing, I'd probably not be that interested in clothing. Hmm. it's not really something that I've grown I'm not like the guy that collects trainers I don't really have style I wear black t-shirts and jeans most of the time because I make the t-shirts and the yeah. reason I make the t-shirts the way I make them is I make stuff that I would like yeah. and if I don't like it I'm not going to make it yeah um, so, so that being a brand owner mate. yeah but it inherently means because of how I am I don't really know any other brands Unless I've encountered them as mates, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I can't give you any other proper no, no, suggestions. No, that's all right, mate. I can't be like, oh, there's this really cool brand. They're doing this really cool thing. Go and talk to them. I I don't know. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Uh, Tacona official on pretty much every social media, and the Tacona website, which is www.tacona.co.uk. And my podcast is on most podcast places. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. What's your podcast called? Uh, the Tacona Morning Drive, which I probably should have been a little bit more focused on the name, but it is what it is. Because um, there's a lot of things called the Morning Drive, which inherently means that mine is faded into obscurity a little bit. Um, but yeah, the Tacona Morning Drive, it's on pretty much every podcast platform. Did I just say cat form? <laughs> that's a new one that podcast platform what, what cat forms are you on <laughs> that's a different world we don't need to go into that one <laughs> Yo, if your, your cat girlfriend could come to that's a weird I don't understand that world where were you have you seen those the, have you seen those they're like um, not comics I don't know what to call them every so often a meme will pop up and it's the cat girlfriends. It's basically a girl. They're all cartoons. It's not a, a, a real thing, as far as I'm aware. But they've got like cat ears and a tail. And that's about, it's like a cat that transforms into a girl. Right. It's, it's a weird, I don't know what it is. I don't where know where are it comes from. This stuff, mate? It pops up in <laughs> memes on Reddit every so often. It's like, you ah, could have. Oh, is it a Reddit thing? Yeah. I, it's right. probably not even a Reddit thing. It's probably. Reddit has taken it from somewhere. I have no idea what they are, or where they come from, or what they mean. But every so often, I just see them. I'm like, how has this become a thing? What are people getting from this? Like, what, <laughs> what is the the thing here? Like, clearly, there's a thing for like the whole My Little Pony thing. That's a weird world that exists. I don't understand that one either. And these cat girlfriends fall into that kind of category. I'm like, I don't understand why this came about, or what it means, or how people have got into this. Like. It probably started in Japan. That's all I can think. There's probably <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit on the internet, mate. There's a lot of weird shit on the internet. Yeah, and I, I don't understand most of it. Like, yeah. it's, I, it's I can best just not about to figure this try out. To. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. And on that note, <laughs> brilliant. That and, uh, and lastly, what's the meaning of life? Be happy. Find a way to be happy and fulfilled. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all you need to do you need to be happy feel fulfilled 
and don't hurt other people to do so. Yes, we haven't had, we haven't had that last bit yet. Yeah. As long as what you do that makes you happy and content and fulfilled and gives you meaning isn't at the detriment to someone else, crack on. Whether it be a gender thing or a sex thing or a whatever you want, whatever that you get enjoyment from and makes you feel worthwhile. And like we talked about with the, the guy with the translating tweet, yeah. whether it's God or religion or charity or whatever it is as long as it doesn't hurt someone else and it doesn't detract from other people's ability to have the same mm. have at it whatever makes you feel happy awesome, awesome mate awesome well thank you so much for coming on mate oh, i appreciate um, it guys thank you really appreciate your time and it's been a really good chat Enjoy yeah it's really nice chatting to you both i'm sorry that it's as i expected it would be gone on quite a while it's no, very easy to go on, and uh, I know my my podcasts are normally about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. One has been three hours. That's yeah, we've done. Half. We've done three. The, I think ours average yeah. about two and a half. Perfect. I'm happy that I've not gone. Because <laughs> some people are like we need to do 45 minutes, and that's the peak period that people will listen to a podcast. It's too short. Yeah. Um, too short. But knowing that someone's yeah. longer, that's fine. I, I'm happy. <laughs> Um, but no, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. No okay, thanks for coming on, man. Take care, mate. Have a good dinner. <laughs> oh, I've got to go and heat it back up now. All <laughs> <laughs> right, enjoy your microwave now. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a bit, lads. Take care, man. Take care, Bye. mate. Bye. Bye.